everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast about two entertainment for your teens, 80s and beyond. I almost got it. I flipped the words around a little bit, but I got it, technically. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael, the dumb one. <laughs> the smart one's on the other side there, Mindy. Am I the smart one? I'm not so sure. You are. I'm the creative one, I guess. That's how it doesn't mean I'm smart. I'm just, I think of insane ideas. No, I think you're the smart um, one. I think that we're Oh, I don't know. You always told me I was the, cre- the creative one, so I guess, but. You're still there? You're mad that I said that and you're going to hang up now? I know. I know I'm creative. We're just creative in different ways. Maybe you just don't know because you barely know me, stranger. I know. It's ridiculous. No, no, my life. I don't know because I'm narcissistic. What? I'm a narcissist. Total, absolute uh-huh. narcissist. All right, so we are now into our Halloween episodes. Uh, We're going to be a little limited this year compared to usual because both of us have really filled schedules for the month. So we're going to be doing one now and probably one for a month from now. Um, So what we had planned didn't exactly work out because I didn't have the movie I thought I had. (laughs) So we're going to try to do it later. But we uh, had a backup plan. We're going to be discussing Urban Legend 1 and 2, (laughs) not Part 3, which... (laughs) Okay, sometimes when you don't number movies properly, (laughs) my sister does. (laughs) I got confused. I watched all three, whatever. You did? You got through all of Bloody Mary? Yep. And do you... Are you mad? That's so weird because I saw who started and I was like, the huh? I mean, I don't know. Uh, the one person who didn't act terribly is the one who still is a recognizable face in Hollywood, so if that says anything. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. Part of it, what hurts these movies, and please don't get butthurt over the fact that these movies aren't that great. Don't say butthurt. I find that so gross. Is it? I don't know what that, I think it meant just you fell on your butt and hurt it. Oh. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went somewhere gross with it, and it, that's not what it means. I just always thought it sounded like a little aggressive. No, I got it now. I got it now. I'll never be the same again. I'm sorry. My innocence is gone. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, please, don't be offended. And even if you are, we don't really care. I mean, yeah. Opinion, so. Well, I have the same feeling about this as I did. I know what you did last summer, one and two. I mean, Scream is the gold standard, even though I think there's a couple moments, like like I said, part four at the beginning finds trouble getting its footing. Um, I mean, that's what happens when they make like five, six movies. Yeah, they're all gonna have they're gonna struggle in there somewhere. And and of course, because that was so massive, we end up getting that wave of slash movies that completely imitated it. You know, it, it, it had a very particular format get some hip kids that are up and coming from television shows you know not expensive but recognizable faces make it a murder mystery instead of like the way jason and michael myers were where you knew who the killer was this was a who done it and always something from the past almost always something from the past and it's a masked killer and uh quippy dialogue oh everybody's so hip and in with you know it's, it's, it's so smart and they all know something that you know yeah and, and it burned out pretty fast honestly i think the last time that we had a movie like that was valentine which was 2001 
And by the end, the formula had worn itself out. Uh, So, like, yeah, Scream's the big one. They had a couple that were above $100 million. So I married a... So I married an axe murderer. What the fuck? Hey! (laughs) You mean, like, my bloody Valentine? I don't know where I went with that. So (laughs) I know you did a summer made, like, 70... Uh, but Urban Legend is still st- just at the edge where that's it's no longer profitable. It made forty million, but it only costs like twelve. And I think what helps a lot of these movies that were ripoffs of Scream, uh, the bigger ones are always shot in California, but a lot of the later spinoffs were shot in Canada, so it's a lot cheaper and cast a lot of Canadian people in it. So you know they, you get your tax break. That's how it works. If you don't know how, you have to cast a certain amount of Canadian people in order to get the tax break. So that makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the first one I remember was talked about like crazy that it was going to be the next big thing that the script was red hot they were, they were boasting about this and either it was movie line or premiere and they were like this is going to be the screen killer you know this is going to be the one that's going to take over from that franchise and Austin, I either can... one of those magazines still exist what do either one of those magazines still exist? Oh, no. I mean, even Air and Weekly, I think, just ended a couple months ago. So it's all... It's all oh, gone. okay. Yeah. Just, just curious. Yeah. Well, I, I think, like, Ain't It Cool News and other news places that were online digital, they could get the news to you faster, even if it was completely inaccurate. Um, it just basically took over. The uh, but what I think what was interesting is that Urban Legend had that special catch is that it was about all those urban legends that you had heard about, you know, as a kid, and and, and like now I guess it would just be like you know, um, oh what's that one website where everybody just discusses stuff? Not Twitter or uh, Reddit. Reddit. Thank you. It'd be like Reddit, you know, where they would spread those stories, and. A couple of them got turned into movies earlier, like the one where they talk about the babysitter who was downstairs while the children were being murdered. That was um, uh, When a Stranger Calls. You know, that got adapted into a movie before, so they were smart to avoid that one. But this one... Why haven't we ever done that movie? Because, um, here's the thing. The first one, the very beginning, is phenomenal. The rest of it fucking sucks. Everybody, rem- everybody remembers the first 15 minutes where it's Carol came and she's a teenager and she's stalked. Then all of a sudden it becomes a whole thing where, oh, it's years later, like 10 years later, and it's with this old drunk crazy guy who got out of a mental asylum and he's harassing, um, I can't remember her name. She was in, uh, she's the old lady in uh, Anna Green Gables. Um, Colin Co- 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 Dewhurst? Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, and you spend forever with her, and she's talking to Charles Durning, and they're trying to figure out why this guy is the way he is. And then eventually he finds his way back to Carol Kane. So it's the first 15, the last five. Um, okay. The gotcha. sequel the sequel is one of the greatest underrated, forgotten, thrown-away movies I've ever seen. When a Stranger Calls Back is absolutely top-notch terrifying. Um, oh, okay. But then the remake, I tried watching it recently because... I got one of those, you know, when they put out the make, remake, or the original and yeah. remake collections? Yeah. I got that. It's Absolutely. Like, yeah, I got that one of those thrift stores or whatever. And I was like, look, there's bits and pieces of this that really work, especially like Lance Henriksen's voice. Um, mm-hmm. But she's just a doll. She's a drip, and the movie just doesn't move very well. What's I can't remember her name, but, you know, that's the problem with a lot of these movies is that they would cast doll, good-looking people. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't mean it to turn it like into a digression of something. I was yeah. just curious because I always thought that you liked the movie. So yeah, the second one. I, I somehow I got to get a, get you to see this one though. It, it's it's absolutely fantastic. But um, 
I think the casting, I think the, the energy they put into the first movie was a lot better than the second movie. I feel like some of the acting isn't always good and the dialogue is kind of shit in the, in the first movie. But I remember every single character. You know, they're very, uh, you know, not just because they're good looking, but they had personality. They had, uh, even if they were like shitheads, they were kind of, you know, there's something about them that was a unique and original that you could separate the characters from each other. And I feel like with part two, a lot of these guys, they're so bland. They really had no dimensions. And it's a lot more playful than the second movie, which is, is a more serious, like Hitchcockian uh, homage. Yes. So sorry. I got distracted for a second. Okay. I was like, did she hang up? <laughs> no, I'm just, sometimes my brain and I aren't friends. You know what's funny is that, have you seen the thing where Jared Leto refuses to acknowledge that he was ever in this movie? I think that I've maybe heard something about it, but I haven't actually, like, you know, looked into it, but... Yeah, it... Douche. I'm sorry. Right? How do you not remember a fucking movie? I think it was this... No, I think he was in uh, Prefontaine before this. It was really close. The one where well, he's I mean, a... Prefontaine super good. I haven't seen it, but I felt like you told me it was really good. Yeah, well, both of them are. So I, it's weird. You know how when they yeah. make they make two movies that are very similar, it's usually about something that's kind of like, oh, that makes sense. You know, the two Hercules movies that that would happen. Two movies about a very obscure runner who was <laughs> killed in the seventies. He wasn't even like, yeah. he wasn't even that highly. He was just like a, a college. He wasn't really super famous. And then we had Without Limits and Prefontaine. And I was like, what a what a. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. They, they hear rumors or something, and they're like, well, shit, we got to do that before that person does. I mean, I feel like that's, it doesn't happen every year, but it feels like every five or so years, uh, a little, you know, you're just like, what, seriously? Yeah. Two movies on that topic? <laughs> well, you know, the funny is, at the same time Urban <laughs> Legend was coming <laughs> out, <laughs> at, at the same time Urban Legend was coming out, there was another movie about Urban Legends. And it's called Campfire Tales, which has a great cast, too. Um, but it, oh. ended up, it ended up going straight to video. Do you know this movie? Do you see Campfire Tales? I don't think so. I, I'm going to look it up because I'm not... doesn't even sound familiar. Yeah, it's, it I was mean, supposed I'm... to be in theaters, but Lionsgate... It either Lionsgate or New Line Cinema got nervous and decided to... In fact, it was made before Urban Legend, I forgot, but it just sat on the shelf. It's Amy Smart, James Marsden, Christine Taylor, Ron Livingston, and a couple other people. And it's now very That's hard. A to lot of good people. Yeah, and it's all based around urban legends. I don't have. I don't remember if I've seen it. Do you, have you seen it? Yeah, I yeah. When I worked at Blockbuster, remember that for a short period of time, I ended up getting a copy of it for like dirt cheap. But I, I just um, I don't remember what happened to it. So. I mean, chances are I have seen it, but I, I, off the top of my head, it doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. So, yeah, we went to the theater opening weekend, and this thing was absolutely jam-packed. To You know, the fact it only made $40 million is actually a kind of a surprise, but I also lived in a college town, so you got to give that some sort of credit because oh. yeah, it was aimed particularly at high school and college audiences. And, you know, big hit. Um, I think what works in this and what doesn't work in this is um, I think Michael Rosenbaum is a complete and absolute fucking douche, but he's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I? I forgot. I think I told you a story before, but when this came out, 
maybe another reason why it was so packed is because Michael Rosenbaum was from around where I went to college. And it was a big ad in our newspaper saying, you know, Open Le- Urban Legends opening this weekend starring locally, you know, local boy, whatever, Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, really? That's yeah. weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I, pride, I, my, I pride myself on knowing most of the people who uh, are from Indiana. Yeah, I'm going to look right here because... Uh, <laughs> it's a weird thing, but I do it. Newburgh, Indiana, which is really close to Vincennes. How about that? I met him. Well, sort of hey. met him. I saw him at a convention. He's a fucking riot. He's really nice. And yeah, fun. that's not the same thing, dude. What? Meeting him and seeing him at a convention. I know, I know. I don't know why I said that. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I saw Stan Lee at a convention. Doesn't mean you yeah. met him. I know. I'm embarrassed. We're not pals. Okay. Although I wish we were. We're best friends. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think what's funny is that this is Neil Moritz's first, like, kind of, I think one of his very early productions. And realizing there was money in lower budget uh, thrillers. And then he would go on to do uh, the skulls, and then he would do you know oh, find, right. he would find his gold with, of course, Fast and the Furious. All right, rock on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think the weakest point of this movie is Alicia Witt, who is our star. I just don't see it. She just seems disconnected. I, I really, I, I don't know. I just feel like I wanted someone with a little more drive in their performance. Oh, you mean how, like, Alexis Bledel acts through every season of uh, Gilmore Girls? Like, she's not sure that she wants to be there? <laughs> Is it really that was going on? She wanted to quit the show? I have no idea, but she's not a... Just, I mean, I like her a lot, but really, I mean, there's so many, like, awkward moments where you're just like, mm, I think she needed a little bit more guidance here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If you ever go back and watch it, I think you'll see what I'm saying. Yeah, and then Joshua Jackson, like his seat is clearly shot like over a weekend, like between shoots on, uh, you know, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, and and his performance is fun, but like I, they sell him as one of the main stars. He is not. He's in what ten minutes of it, fifteen at most. I feel like he did a lot of those ten minute, like kind of like Friends kind of movies to add a hot name to things like uh cruel intentions right what was it was he in cruel intentions um i i he was in gossip which was the first thing i was thinking oh he wasn't he wasn't in cruel intentions but i kind of forgot about that the the movie that popped in my head was gossip which i don't know if you remember that which i remember but i've never seen it college um psychological thriller type thing with also James Marsden like Kate Hudson and Norma Greedis and stuff I don't know I remember being okay but I feel like he did that a lot is my point yeah uh, we got if you can get the offer of the work I would take it too you know if you only have to do like a week or two of shooting at most well frankly he was probably right trying to fit in you know smallish movie roles during the summer so that he, you know, could, could get movie credits and stuff, but still not work every second of every day. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I think the opener of this is one of the best. It, I mean, it's up there it with... It is. Huh? It is. If 
find it to be the most memorable part of the movie. Yeah, it's well, that was kind of the trend too because of Scream. They kept wanting to do a thing, uh, you know, like Drew Barrymore. You're set up to believe that she's the star, and then after that, they kept doing that with the horrors. They would set up some sort of celebrity recognizable face and then kill them off immediately. Now Natasha Griggs and Wagner, whatever Natasha Wagner was not. I don't think she was very known, but you kind of get the no. sense like she had that every girl leading, you know, kind of thing going. And I think it's really funny how she can't sing. <laughs> She's terrible at it. But I think that's a really memorable opening because you have Brad Dorif trying to communicate to her, but he can't. That there's someone in the back seat, which is always an urban legend, you know, that you don't check your back seat. And there's someone back there waiting for you. Um, and I, I think that really starts the movie off strong, and that's what it's got going forward. Well, the second one, I don't even remember. Oh, no, the, the opening of the second one is a fake movie, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think they really... I almost feel like it goes downhill as Urban Legend goes on because I think the way they kill um, Joshua Jackson is really memorable and well done. And, you know, how they killed... Uh, oh, God. Uh, Daniel Harris. Um, hey, y'all. People die in this movie. I don't want to be, like, a spoiler, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. But, I mean, I feel like you, as the deaths progressed, they got... Like, the way they took out Rosenbaum was fucking stupid. Yes. And it just, I feel like as the movie was going on, they lost fresh ideas, like something, a unique take on a kill. Yeah, you know how there's always people that you feel like Hollywood is trying to force upon you and be like, no, this person really needs to be a star? Oh, yeah, all the time, just, yeah. But, like, I think that she is one of those, Alicia Witt. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like they just... Sorry, the real star power here is like I don't know the people that are, are like Danielle Harris. Like she's a she's a really good actress, and she got like kind of pigeonholed into like horror and then smaller and smaller roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They remember they were pushing Rebecca Gayhart really hard for a while there. Like she just oh, wouldn't go yeah. away. And oddly enough. Isn't it so strange? I mean, not to be gross or anything, but... No, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, that that was part of the movie. I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, but you know that that was part of real life and the movie. That, that, that yeah. incident, I was like, holy shit. Um, like, life imitates art, basically, in this scenario. And it yeah. was really, really sad and disturbing. Here's the weird thing is, I simultaneously think her performance is fucking terrible and amusing. And amusing. Yeah. And and then that she has a cameo in the second movie, and it's just like that almost made up for all the terribleness. I mean, it was look. First one is a fast go. I mean, the second one though, man. Can we just? Or do you want to say anything else about the first one before you jump into the second one? Um, not really. Other than like, I know it was super over the top and kind of ridiculous, but like, I do kind of love Loretta Devine. Like, oh, she's like, she's amazing. I love her. Yeah, The um, yeah, I th- I saw both of these in the theater, and you know, and the audience doesn't really know is that I was sort of I quotation marks crippled, I guess. Um, f- this is the last movie that I saw in theaters where, until, I, and then I couldn't sit anymore. I just could not sit in a theater. It was so painful. Um, I kind of wish I had ended that on a better movie. <laughs> yep. Um, directed by John Ottman, I think while. I don't know if it's a cinematographer or he has it. He really does have a visual eye for directing. He's a he's a composer. Um, 
And he was given this because he could do the score, he could edit, and he, he directed whatever. Oh. And he wanted this to be more of an homage. Yeah, basically save money. Yeah, and, and, and that happens a lot, actually. You'll, the, they'll give movies to stunt guys, you know, guys that do second unit stunt footage or whatever. They'll give them a movie, and it almost never works. Because there's something just kind of rhythm off, you know, with a lot of this. But I think John Ottman does a good job. Um, is he just given a shit script? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Is you oh, can... my God. Here's the thing. is like, how does a movie with so many good actors... I mean, I'm sorry. I realize that most of these people are a little bit more known for their, like, maybe TV work than movies. But shit, there's some real quality actors here for a, a, a sequel and maybe they weren't hu- they weren't huge names at the time but Knocker, these are some good people but man they were working with a pile of poop yeah i mean they're sweating it hard um but again i feel like the the, the main characters are the blandest of the bunch they don't really have much to work with uh matthew davis and jennifer morris while their careers got better later i think they're just blanks here yeah, I do love Matthew Davis, but not not because of this. Yeah, apparently he's in some Vampire Diaries spinoff, or oh, he I, wasn't. I asked, no, well, he was on Vampire Diaries for a lot of years, and then he had, yeah, a show, uh, Legacies, I think it's called. I love him from Vampire, and Vampire Diaries. Yeah, well, I remember the first time I had seen, well, maybe I had seen this first, but I knew what everybody was talking about was Tigerland. And I think Tigerland, I think Tigerland had filmed first, and that's how he got this. But all of a sudden, Colin Farrell and Matthew Davis for a couple years there were red hot. Everybody was talking. I only first saw him in Legally Blonde, I think. Yeah, and it's just Colin Farrell for some—he just shot straight to being a lead, whereas Matthew Davis was always like a second banana, and then it just kept getting smaller and smaller for him until he ended up on TV. But I'm glad he found his way on television because those shows apparently are very popular. I've never seen them. See, I mean, I know that like. Honestly, like, Vampire Diaries is a really ridiculous show. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, but he's an incredibly, like, complicated and likable character. And he was on 123 episodes of that show. Wow. Jesus Christ. Um, here's the weird thing is, as much as this sucks, I'm looking at the, one of the main writers, and it's Scott Derrickson, who later would turn out to be an absolutely fantastic director and writer. He just did uh, Black Phone, and he had done Doc- Doctor Strange and stuff like that. I mean, everybody like has to start somewhere, and a lot of times it's not great. Yeah. Uh, this is the director was looking for a wacky tone. I didn't see a wacky tone. The he, only... di- he directed Doctor Strange? Yeah, that's Scott Good Derrickson. Job. Yeah. He's really got delving into some dark shit, though. Uh, most his his directorial stuff is pretty fucked up stuff. I mean, not fucked up, but dark. Yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, I would say I'm gonna take a stab in the dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> that what they mean by comedic is the bullshit stuff with Anthony Anderson. Uh, poor guy. The um. The three, I think the bright points in this are the funnier characters. The other stuff just didn't work for me. I loved watching, like, whereas Michael Rosenbaum was kind of a miserable ass. I thought Anthony yeah. Anderson and Michael Bacall were so fun together. They're just goober dishes. I love it when he's like, fuck George Lucas. He's like, oh, man. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know you anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they just, yeah, just decided, oh, shit, we need to have this be funny and maybe we should throw in a black guy 
Yeah, but I think they they look like they're kind of having fun together. So I liked it. I thought Jessica Caulfield, I think that's her name. Jessica Caulfield is the blonde girl who was in the very beginning. She is having a hell of a fun time. She's just goofing around. And I swear, I think the director just let them improv a lot of it. I feel like she was in a lot of movies around this time. Well, isn't she also in Legally Blonde? Yes. Okay. Um, Trying to remember. I was super, super surprised to see Eva Mendes. No, I had I hadn't seen this movie before. I, I don't know how I managed to not expose myself to this trash, but I had. <laughs> but Jesus, she she she's in this movie too. Oh, there's so much talent. Yeah, that's I thought really... she was kind of funny because she was just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just remember you know I think this is the first time I had ever seen her. And um, I think this is the first time that anybody had seen Anson Mount, too, who is one of those guys. He, he never really uh, was successful in movies. Anson I think he did a couple. Uh, but, man, he did TV he like so crazy. Amazing. What was it? Hell on Wheels and Humans. And now is he on one of the Star Trek shows? Yes, he is. He is. I don't know which one because I don't watch Star Trek. I can't I also... believe he's gotten so much more handsome. as. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say... I don't remember what I first saw him in, although I, I think whatever it was, I always thought he was really handsome, but he has really, like, aged into one of those, you know... Like Timothy Oliphant, gray hair works. Oh, oh God. Oh, Yeah, and, like, Clooney, yeah. So, I would say, I saw the two movies that he did the same year as this, and Boiler Room was one of them, although I think he must have had a part and then he had this other movie which I don't think a lot of people saw but it was with him and Julie Julia Nicholson I don't know if you've ever uh, it's called Tully oh oh I remember that movie I never saw it but yeah. I remember people were talking about it yeah it, was, it came out the same year and I I saw that one so I think that was the first time I actually saw him but yeah he did a lot of smaller movies and like TV and uh, oh, I think the other movie I saw him in was Crossroads. That's what I was wondering because I knew I had never seen Crossroads, but I knew he was in it because he was in some TV show with Barbara Hershey and somebody else around that time. It was like called The Mountain oh. or something like that, where they owned a ski lodge. It was supposed to be a drama on the WB. Oh, The Mountain. Okay, I see that. Yeah. I never watched it, but I watched a few episodes of it. It was pretty good, but I just kept forgetting about it. Um, you know who sticks out like a sore thumb and just doesn't... I don't know why he doesn't feel right, but Joseph Lawrence does not feel right at all in this movie. I feel oh, like it's no, one of the... Oh, whole thing seems super forced. Right? It all felt like a, a like a cameo. Like, one of, oh, we got a star-slutted, like, gag. Like, the way they do it, cursed, you know? I almost oh, expect I, him I, to I say... I kind of figured that that was the entire point. I almost felt like it was him going, I'm just playing Joey Lawrence. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have tons of money. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, but it was just it's such a weird performance and he had nothing yeah. to do. Even at the end it felt like he was just begging the director, give me something to do. He's like, please kill me. Yeah. Please. <laughs> or please something, yeah. And he survives, oddly enough. More people survive in this than I expected, honestly. Yeah, they really took a long ass time with the killings. Yeah, but I gotta tell you, the the reasoning, the the direct, his that's fucking look, and most of these movies usually have to do with like, oh you broke up a marriage. Oh, you got this person killed by accident. This is, my career didn't go the direction I wanted it to. What the fuck? What is... also, also, straight up, that guy, you you knew, I mean, I knew he was going to be the villain. And he was also, like, a terrible actor. 
He's like a poor man's Tom Jane or something. Yeah, mom said he's a poor man's uh, David Duchovny. Yes. But you know who he is, right? Have you you've seen him before, like a million times in Die Hard? I mean, he he looks familiar, but I don't know if he's a Canadian actor from a really dumb Canadian show. I think he is Canadian, but he's from Die Hard, and he's the one who's like Hans Booby. Let me negotiate this with you. They shoot him in the face. He's the one with the beard. Oh, I'd have to watch it again. I'll oh. look at one of the pictures. Okay. I don't know. Die Hard's okay. a regular Christmas watch now. <laughs> What'd you say? Die Hard has now become a regular Christmas watch. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. in my, I'm not a hardcore like, oh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Like, if you don't think it's a Christmas movie, fine. But my argument is usually just like, well, without Christmas, the movie doesn't exist. Because if he yeah. wasn't going out to the Christmas party, he wouldn't be there, so therefore there'd be no movie. Yeah, that's it. That's if Christmas no. is if Christmas is critical to the plot, then yeah, I consider it a Christmas movie. Literally, Doesn't... I just look at this guy and see poor man's Thomas Jane. That's all I yeah. see. Yeah, oh, poor Thomas Jane. I've seen him uh, now being wasted left and right. It sucks. And, yeah. <sighs> my heart. My heart. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm coming. I'm coughing a bit. So yeah, the second one isn't anywhere nearly as good as the first one. <laughs> like I said, the first one isn't that good. But the third one apparently I, is a nightmare. Is it? Is it? It's just so like it's so weird. Why are they crawling around like through these like caves to make this movie? And it's like you know the part of like what is it even supposed to be a roller coaster? Why do they have caves with a roller coaster on that college campus? That's not any understanding of what happened at the end of that fucking movie. Oh, the second one? Yeah. How? No. Yeah. No college can afford to have those fucking sets. They had, and, and just sitting around. Are you kidding me? And no way do they and have they, the money to make those kind everyone, of movies. They treated everyone like they were Hollywood celebrities. And I legitimately was confused at first about, like, what? This isn't fucking college? Yeah. Okay. Is this the same college from the first movie, or did Loretta Devine get a new job? She went, they did talk about it, and she said that she thought, like, looked until she could find a new job. Uh,. She has, like, towards the, earlier in the movie, she does talk to Jennifer Morrison's character, and that, she's the one telling her the story about what happened in the first movie. She's the one who gave her the idea to then make her movie about the urban legend. Oh, well, look, this sounds like I'm being a doofus for not knowing this when it's so blatant, but quietly, Mindy knows why I, I missed some stuff. Because you have attention issues? Yeah, and distractions. Um, so the third one... I hear you. I, I hear you. Uh, the third one was... Uh, Loretta Devine's not in it, and I was kind of disappointed, but is it even connected yep. in any way whatsoever? Is it supernatural, or is it a fake urban legend? Um, it's not connected in any way, and it... Well, okay, so they, I think there is a point where they, like find articles in the paper and it does reference back to the first one or something the the events of the first one okay. but I can't even remember I think that it, there's a very loose acknowledgement is I think the best I'm gonna give yeah. and is it supernatural yes it's supernatural it's okay not, that's a weird turn because that's so yeah that that almost seems like a movie that was made and then they just bought it and slapped the name Urban Legends on it and not not so much yeah. that it was 
put in the pipeline originally as a uh, part three. And I, this is when DVD sales were fucking insane. Like movies that you never even heard of were bringing at least in $10 million in sales just because stores need to fill their shelves. And so you're going to get a lot of direct-to-video sequels. And it started kind of in the early 90s. We got like Darkman, Tremors sequels and stuff like that. And then by this point, though, we're getting so many sequels. It's insane. I mean, how many Skull sequels? How many Cruel Intentions sequels? And stuff like that. But I cannot think of any of these franchises that continued on direct-to-video besides Tremors that were any damn good. Do, do you know of any? I just can't think of any. I feel like it was just bare minimum padding just to keep it the franchise alive. I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to figure something out. Because remember all those American Pie sequels? They were, they were not technically American Pie. They were American Pie Presents, I forgot. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I don't think I've watched any of them because that just sounds like torture. Yeah, and now the only thing you really get is from Universal. There, there's another Dragonheart. Oh, there's another Scorpion King. Uh, there's another Bring It On. Did you see this new Bring It On where it's a slasher? absolutely shocking. But there's so many sequels to Dragonheart when I don't even think that anybody really watched the first one. Yeah, the first one made fifty million dollars in theaters. It was a big international hit. That's Huge. not very much money. It's not, but when it when it makes as much as the other one on in international and it was still huge on video and played on TV all the time. What they found was if you shoot a Scorpion King sequel at the same time as a Dragonheart sequel, you use the same exact. <laughs> the, the, no, seriously. They use the reset. Uh, they reset the whatever the look of the set. They literally use the same thing, and so that way they can make. Yeah, it's like for three million dollars, we got two movies instead of having to rebuild for another. It's it's just the way it is. That's how they continue. I guess it's a good tax write off or something. I don't know. All right, cool. Let's and shoot it in Romania and get get Michael Bean. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Alright, so I think that's it with the movies this week. Uh, but I said like it's going to be a gap for a while. Uh, we're going to try to fit one more. This is what I have to say. What? Don't watch any of them. Yeah, honestly. If you're really crazy about Scream and you just like that rhythm, fine. Watch the first one. I mean, one. just want to watch stupid ass Halloween stuff. Like, it's fine. It has its place. Yeah, like, but you and I have discussed. There's other ones. Go watch Disturbing Behavior, you know? Yeah, that's all the dumb stuff I have room for in my life. Yeah. Just okay. Kidding. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, podcast host, hit rewind. That's it. I don't need to go on a long spiel. Good night. I, I listen on Podcast Addict. Same here. It's the easiest one for me to use. Yar. Yar.